Welcome to The Old World Lives, a Warhammer Fantasy Battles podcast. You can find us on Facebook at The Old World Lives, on Instagram at The Old World Lives, and you can reach us by email at theoldworldlives at gmail.com. And now, on to the episode. Hello and welcome to episode one of The New World Lives, a Nature of Sigmar podcast. Wait, that did feel really wrong in my mouth, but I'm sad it is like this because... At least two of us or three of us have gone over to Age of Sigmar. Isn't that right, Niklas? Yeah, it is the best game ever made. I just love those round bases. And conga lining. Conga lining is so fun. Have you heard about bubble effects? Yeah, bubble wraps. Just uh, boosting your uh, your guys with different keywords. And uh, to be honest, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well... Let's start it over. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of The Old World Lives, a warmer fantasy podcast. Tonight, I'm joined by Nicholas. Hello. And Jimmy. Hi. And uh, we couldn't really keep that up any longer. We have lost uh, Krell to the Osiric Bone Reapers, but uh, that was to be expected, given that no creature of Nagash have a will of their own. Poor Krell. He will be missed. Yeah. He's nominally a part of the podcast, after all. Just... Uh... It, Krell, the character, is he in Age of Sigmar? No, he's not. But the model is oh. still used as one of the normal White Kings, I think. No, oh, generic White King number yeah, three. Yeah, he's a generic guy now nowadays. Uh, is Harry the Hammer in Age of Sigmar? No, he's not. Well, he, the model can still be used as a generic Chaos Warrior Lord, some kind. Yeah, yeah I don't, maybe I... he'll get resurrected as like uh, what could be a crazy thing like turtle chaos warriors. It's an animal they haven't used yet. No, no, wait, they have used it for those uh, CELs. Maybe uh, donkey ogre kingdom. Oh wait, I have it. I have it. Um, Ant eater undead. <laughs> I was thinking maybe he's just been purified and become one of the stormcasts. They don't remember their past. Their past anyway. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Most likely. Just a red painted Stormcast guy, number 82. Yeah. Yeah. Called something from list A, something from heroic from list B. That seems like the naming convention for all of the Stormcast. I have been trying to read one of the books, actually, mainly because I got it for free. So it is quite a challenge, given that everything seems to be named by, well, Either a naming generator or a, a nature-old fan fiction writer. Or like doing South Park when they mention, uh, I think it is episodes for Family Guy, where when manatees yeah. picks, picks up balls with names. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what kind of animal they have locked up in Nottingham is coming up with that shit. Whatever it is, it's probably trapped there at the moment. All alone. Since uh, I reckon everyone has heard Games Workshop have... Pretty much shuts down for at least half a month more. Yeah, yeah, this country is properly locked down, unlike Sweden at the moment. I don't know what you mean. We are so isolated over here at the moment. Well, that's just everyday life in Sweden now. Yeah, yes. exactly. We're, we're all recluses. <laughs> just, yeah, we can finally stay at home without having a, make up to make up an excuse. Oh no, I have to go to the Systembolaget and buy some beer. 
Oh, God, I hate this. Well, I've been really enjoying staying indoors now lately. Uh, just lots of time for hobby. Yeah, you, you've been like crazy productive staying indoors. Yeah. yeah it's great. You get, I get paid 80% of my wage just to stay at home and paint slayers and dwarf characters. It's, it's a dream. Wow, I wouldn't mind that at all. Sounds like a harsh life for the moment. But as we all know, it is a serious reason why everyone is home, so... Yeah. Everyone should just take care. They really should. And do what their respective governments say to, say to do, mostly. On a lighter note, tell us about all that lovely hobby progress, Niklas. Yeah, so uh, I've had some dwarves left over that I had to paint since November or something. I painted up my dwarves for this uh, tournament in November. And then I was like, okay, now I've painted those. I'll just paint the Slayers and some characters that I have left. But since I didn't really have to paint them for something, they've just been staring at me on my desk for months now. And now is a perfect time to use paint them. And so I did. Uh, I did get some, some paints for them, some orange paint for their hair down a dark sphere a couple of weeks ago before this madness, so I'm glad that I had time to do that. And uh, now I paint them, and then now I'm gonna start painting the halfling commission that I had forever uh, from this guy that I got the Kislev army from, uh, like all the models. Uh, so he gave me this, these halflings like a year ago or something, but he said like, oh, don't worry, take your time with it. And I've always had stuff like projects coming in between, but now I've got lots of time to paint, so I'm just gonna sit down and paint those guys. Just to be fair, you did just uh, make a giant effigy out of them, just gluing them together on top of each other. Yeah, that counts as uh, Cow Lord in Age of Sigmar. <laughs> so, Jimmy, have you had any progress? No, I'm making progress now, though. I just opened up a box of Empire State Troopers, and I'm cutting them away from their spruce as we speak. Nice. Nice. The old classic ones, right? Yeah, the classics from... Uh, they were made for 5th edition, I think, and in 6th edition they added a command sprue. They're so luxurious, and they all even have shoes. Yes, they all have shoes and puffy clothes. Such, such an important detail on Empire models. Yeah, it's strange that the newer ones didn't have puffy sleeves at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't hate the new ones. It's like, I just prefer the old ones. They look way better. Although, I like the halberds on the new guys better than the old ones. Because the old oh, halberds yeah. are so tiny. But I'm still going to use them. And also, they're like multi-part, aren't they? Yes, like, they like are. You, you glue the, the top of the halberd onto yeah. the stick. Yeah, and uh, then one arm is holding the pole, and uh, then you attach another arm to the other hand, which is already attached to the pole. So, But it and looks then you really tiny. And then you put on the, the halberd head. Yeah. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> I made a halberd! <laughs> yeah, maybe they went a bit overboard. Once they realized that they could manufacture multi-part models. Yeah. But hey, they still look look good in in bunches when ranked up in units. And I guess we should all be thankful for the advantages of modern plastic cost. With yeah. the, uh, I mean, yeah. actually costing the, all the weapons that's needed. I, I really love the old models. But uh, when I assembled the latest Chaos stuff, I was shocked how far they've come in just manufacturing plastic models. Yeah. Some of the old models might might look great, but they were not that good to put together, say to say the least. Yeah, and I'm not so, at all. Yeah. 
Uh, have you done anything else, uh, Jimmy? Starting nope. on your, your empire? Well, I'm really happy that you started on the Middenheim stuff. I'm really yeah, looking forward to this. It's finally time. Nice. Although no. it, it's one of the worst months to do this. Because... Yeah, I was going to say also that it's ironic that you started Middenheim when winter's over. Yeah, but also because Final Fantasy VII Remake just got out. So... That's gonna stop me somewhat, but hopefully, hopefully I'll, I'll finish playing the whole game until next weekend. And next weekend is Easter, and I also have two days extra off from work, so I'm gonna stay at home for six days. Three of them, I'll be home alone, so I'll be able to do all the hobby time I want. Excellent. I know also that when you buckle down, you're at least as efficient as me, not even more. So I'm looking forward to some hobby progress. Oh, you're going to see some because I pledged to paint two units this week. No, this month. <laughs> not this week. God damn it. Yeah. Had it been goblins, of course, I would do it in a day. Trust me. I know how <laughs> we're, to paint we're goblins to now. We're going to hold you to that. You have to make two units in this this week. And wait, give wait, it up wait. your recording so, so on Thursday. Pledging. <laughs> I'm, pledging, I'm pledging to paint two units of, uh, of core units this month. And, and, and also two units of goblins this week, right? I never said what kind of goblins. <laughs> or the units, because goblin units... <laughs> work in strange ways. Yeah, you should just paint one of your regular goblin units that you use to field. I mean, you, you guys wouldn't even notice if I just use some old goblins. No, <laughs> no not at all. <laughs> they're just being, because oh. there's so many. Didn't you have like 400 already? No, it was 300. Now I have 400. And they're is... not overly distinctive either. So. No. Just uh, for the pledge picture, you show a bag full of goblins just say a random number of how many you painted in there yeah i painted this this could just day. be this could just be the new measurement of goblins a bag of goblins i like this i really like this or a net of goblins <gasps> oh you did yeah but that, that's that's uh, that's two or more units that's a net a bag is one <laughs> unit so chris have you done any hobby i'm uh, finishing up my second ballista or poltrower that was downgraded from my because I pledged two for the rare choice in March, but I couldn't find the time to finish both, so I just finished one of them, and I'm finishing the second one. Excellent. So that's what I'm currently doing. Yeah, really. After like that, this. yeah, after that, there will be a core unit of some kind if I can uh, find my dryads again. So I finished those, and so, maybe or, or at least finish two more dryads. I I could just uh, finish. Uh, since I prepped more than a min unit for uh, the January pledge, I could just work on those that are already prepped. Yeah. So, so I can so, finish uh, have units for them. For those that haven't seen them as well, Chris da, did some uh, high elf repeater bolt throwers and did them like on some big oval bases. They look really cool. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure everyone saw that, but the crew is on the base, but they're also removable because. Those are the only one that needs to fight anyway. And if you didn't know this, Chris enjoys doing bases more than he does actual miniatures. Yep. Uh, bases and terrain. That's the fun part. <laughs> yeah, I love those bases. They look great. And a really great idea to have I... them uh, orientated like that on those bases. Yeah. And it also makes uh, makes them stand out a bit, but they still blend in a bit. 
because you don't have like a square base and large square base on the bolt thrower and then separate small bases next to it. They don't yeah. never look cohesive like that. Yeah, I really like them. And some of the look uh, when they're standing like facing the the, the longer side, it looks like uh, they got better reach and that they can fire more shots somehow. I don't know. It works very well. It looks very very good. Yeah, and they will. Be, uh, the reason that they haven't posted the first one is that they want to post both of them at the same time, so they look cool together. And I really like that I decided on because I got a plastic. Uh, eagle, the river bolt rover and the metal one that basically look the same so i modded one of them so they look more this more similar and then since i had two different generation of crew i decided on making my own crew out of uh, shadow warriors just to make them look cohesive and match the theme of the army i'm making anyway yeah they look great so they will post it and then after when they are actually posted and such then i will post a pledge for next month or well, for this month now, but uh, it's better to just uh, finish what I have and then pledge, I think. Great. So that was uh, our little hobby progress, I guess. Krell is doing nothing and uh, Jens is yes, actually he... doing doing orcs. Yeah, he is. Although Krell is looking for a lot of Tomb Kings. So if anyone out there has Tomb Kings to sell, hook us up. As we'll... I said. Yeah. We'll strike it's for his Bone Reapers. Yeah. But Jens has been doing some nice trolls and some nice orcs lately. And uh, not sure they've been posted on uh, the Facebook or our Instagram account, but they probably will the next the following days. Yeah, Jens hasn't been on in a while, but he keeps updating us with more and more orcs. Now he's got like an entire yeah. army. Yeah. Yeah, but he has his excuses like having newly new kids and stuff. So, yeah. That's an excuse. It's a fair one. So, on to the news. There was a preview last weekend uh, from Games Workshop that they had to host on Twitch instead of uh, at Adepticon, which was cancelled. And the first thing that came out of that is a nice little war band for Warcry. The Science of the Flame. Jimmy. I like them. There's a lot of potential for da-da-da Mordheim in those guys. Also, also, there's one of those models that I would love to turn into a Chaos Hero. The flaming guy with the big flaming sword. I could, I can see him turn into a scene champion for 6th edition. Painting some yeah. blue flame, yeah. uh, just adding minor bits and pieces, and you would have an aspiring champion or an exalted champion. I don't think it would fit for a lord, but hey, nothing's impossible. Yeah, I'm thinking that I could possibly get some use of some of these for my uh, gladiator warband for more time as well. Yeah. Just some, maybe remove well of some of the chaos icons, since they're not chaos worshippers, but they're really good models. Also, yeah, also the lady witch, I think she's a sorceress or whatever. She could work fine as a empire mage using lore of fire. Yep. Just same same goes there. Remove the chaos icons and voila, give her some uh, twin tail comets or whatever. Definitely, there's some great potential, and it's nice to see that these. Since we mentioned this last episode, that the Warcry warbands and the, what are called the Underworlds uh, warbands. They're great for just like if you want characters or Mordheim or just inspiration. 
you can probably find something to use. Yeah, for sure. Has anyone of you uh, got any of those kits? I have plenty of of uh, <laughs> Warcry warbands for <laughs> conversions used in more time. My favorite kit so far is the Unmade, the guys with their skinned faces. I think mm. I got two or three boxes in total just to loot bits and pieces. <laughs> nice. And Suna will have some use of their bodies as well. Yeah, I've got the Splintered Fang from Warcry. I'm going to use it for the Pit Fighter slash Gladiator Warband that I'm planning. And I've bought the Ilthari Guardians from Warman World's Night Vault to use as uh, characters, character models for my wood elves when they're getting painted. Nice. They will make some really nice uh, alter kind kinder or something that uh, when you have a character that's halfway been turned into a tree or to use the four spirit rule. So next on the news is that there's a list of the top 20 Primaris lieutenants and number one will amaze you on the Warmer Community website. <laughs> So I'm starting to think that the one in charge of the Warm Community website is starting to lose their mind. You don't say. And uh, honestly, we're not putting anything off here. A really nice update to the Eomer model, March of the Riddermark, up uh, previewed. Oh, we're not talking about uh, battle game, are we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Stop, just stall everything so we don't have to talk about the cows. <laughs> I really like that they... We're releasing the Carpathian as a 40k model. You know, the guy from Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> no, but there are some really nice Bits Elves coming up. Yeah, Bits Elves. The Alarith Stone Guard, which is probably the worst of the kits of the infantry so far. Because they're even worse in their base form, uh, even compared yeah, to the, the archers. The worst of the actual elves. Why do they have the massive horns on top of their helmets? Why are their helmets bigger than them? That's some like classic would... chaos dwarf style. Yeah. On dwarfs, would... it works. Yeah, but these are the new uh, new dwarfs. We all know that these got uh, these are the stone guard. They're basically magical hammer equipped uh, stone form elves for some reason. But I also see a potential in these if you well make the helmet work and change out if the weapons you, look, you could if you look past their ugliness and their smell and their unusefulness you might find use for them if you're wearing a cap and then you like put the cap down and down until the screen covers the top half of the model then you can see yeah, some potential. pretty much like the, the lower body the robes are really cool the face is cool but then when you see the hat and it's the top of is... their weapon yeah, for some reason it changes the the view of the model changes in the middle part of their helmet, because they grate up yeah. onto the middle part and then just what the fuck is this? Why is there a minotaur head on top of the elf? Yeah, that makes it like I've been saying about all the other elves, like oh they look great, just uh, clip the top of their helmet away, and now suddenly the top of their helmets look like a million bucks. This looks and so expensive. <sighs> yeah, but I'm probably getting these because I have my. Th one of my theme, main themes for my hives are that they are set in the, the era before the War of the Beard, the War of Vengeance, which is an era where their archetypical high elf uh, units as we know them didn't really exist. There were no pr units of just silver helms or just archers. There were cavalry units and there were archer units, and, but all of those were, ba were either properly 
maintained army units or mercenaries. Which is why these will work with some con 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 conversions for at least, I think, three units, depending on which weapon you change out and which helmet you make out of that helmet. Yeah, they would look, I think they would re look really good if you change the helmet out somehow and give them halberds. Like, this is Phoenix art, I think they would look great. Or some kind of elite or yeah. hero. Or just make, buy one box and build heroes with different equipment. Yeah, yeah. that too. I'm thinking a unit of axe wielders, actually, for my, yeah. for my taste. But uh, that's because I don't really like the plastic white white lions that they have speaking of stupid cow things <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah that 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 thing suddenly reminded me of uh, have you seen that the video of uh, like two guys from boston fishing and they catch this sunfish and there's this like f a five minute video of this guy going like what the hell is that what is that thing is it a turtle oh my god what is that thing <laughs> That's exactly how I went when I saw the thing. But if this is supposed to be like the spirit of a mountain, why does it have such spindly legs? Because uh... cows also have spindly legs. Yeah, but cows <laughs> I mean, in general look... don't wield massive hammers and are spir spirits of mountains. Uh, true. Your infallible logic is denied, Jimmy. I don't know, this thing looks terrible. It's, just, must... like, it's just like a parody of Age of Sigmar. <laughs> This is pretty much what we think of Age of Sigmar when we think of Age of Sigmar, but <laughs> they finally just made it like an avatar of what we think of Age of Sigmar. Avatar of AOS. But I really like the video, that the Elf for Wealth video that they showed yeah, before yeah. <laughs> during the live stream. Elf, <laughs> elves can't be trusted? Yeah, it's terrible. I, I want to forget that it ever existed. Should we wash your yeah. eyes with bleach? Let's just keep playing 6th edition and forget about it. Yeah. Last time, yeah. talked about the Kislev models or the Kislev. Oh, yeah. Work. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't. didn't that's, something that, that's something that we're excited about. Yay, Kislev eye bleach. <laughs> yeah, frost eye. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we haven't mentioned it so far. Uh, for the actual Warhammer Fantasy that they are going to release, and this is the first preview of a unit, and it's the, what are they called? The the Ice Guard? Yeah, I think so. And uh, yeah, they previewed uh, what they will look like and what kind of weapons they will have, and they are a unit of elite warrior women that are also, I don't know, like if they are witches or if they're just magically attuned, but they have... I think they're witches. Yeah. Because there, there are like ice witches in Kislev that are like a, they have their own secret society kind of thing. And I'm imagining that these could be mm -hmm. like apprentices to this, that they would band up to form a unit to guard the Serene or something. And I know that like the, the witches themselves are, act independently and roam around the land. Um, uh, and these are like a bodyguard, as I said. And in the description, they said that they are experts at both melee and uh, ranged with bows and they use ice magic to make their boat weapons better pretty much and there have been a lot of reactions to this people have been like what the hell is this and some think it's really cool some think it's a bit too high fantasy i personally am not a big fan of the bows i think they look a bit warcraft e but then again it's just like a concept art picture uh, there are not like a lot of concept art pictures throughout 
fantasy in general. And like, the, if you look at some kinds of art pictures from units way back, even like the concept of art never matches exactly what a model would look like. So it's going to be really interesting to see what it, it will actually look like. It'll be exciting times ahead, if anything. Yeah, and I also want to say that uh, people are like, "What is this unit? It's not been in the fluff before." Uh, but the, first of all, there are basically no units from Kessav in the fluff before. Like in my arm list, I have five units in total. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I I never never heard this kind of complaint from people who play Eighth Edition because I have never ever heard about this flying throne for necromancers. Ever or the or the chicken knights? Yeah, or the empire knights for the empire. I've never heard about them. You mean like basically everything, every large kit for every army that just appeared in eighth edition? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or some of them sneaked into seventh edition, like the help with abomination. Although yeah. I like the concept, but I don't like the model. <laughs> yeah. I... Things have been changing from every edition. Like you look back yeah. through editions, and you'll see that everything changes all the time. There's like, all, always change. I mean, like people who enjoy third edition thinks everything afterwards is just crap. Those things didn't exist. Okay, nice. You play your edition. People who like this, they can play this. And I accept people who like eighth edition and who like to play with their horde armies, min maxed magic is costers so yeah go ahead yeah and like when i was uh, researching kessel as well just looking back through the editions like the lore changed so much as i said i said this before like the norse were supposed to be like the ruling class of Kislev, and the Gospadors were like the lowest class and now it's the other way around so you can't really say that things have been the same at all times and also i think it's very plausible that they would have like people wielding magic like ice magic to fight in battles yeah. because like their entire kingdom was founded by an ice witch and like it's the same bloodline that ruled this country and they have ice witches and they like they never banned magic or anything like the empire did because the empire had, has had like mages for the last 200 years and this kingdom was founded yeah. by mages like a thousand years ago it's just that no one has ever written about him really and then you have like maybe five different authors that wrote books about him and they all have their own idea of how it should be so i think kissa is the perfect faction to expand upon with new units it might also mean that uh, there will be some kind of focus of uh, maybe the Great War Against Chaos in this one. I don't know. It's quite a far way out. And uh, I think to summarize what Niklas just said to those that have been complaining is that they should just let it go. <laughs> God damn it. You really had to. I've been trying to get that in for like minutes now. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, but that was all the news, right? Because uh, we're recording before the next uh, preview on the 4th of April. Yeah, I would say so. So, then we should uh, just uh, move on, till, on to our first uh, segment, which is the recap of the month of March for the monthly challenge. Artillerymen believe the world consists of two types of people. Other artillerymen and targets. Unknown. And welcome to the mighty, mighty recap of the March painting challenge, which was rare units. And we have quite a lot of people that actually finished this one compared to the other two that we run. And uh, we that might be that people have more time at home, which is 
not a bad thing to spend your time on, just painting all those old, nice models that you have. And we had so many finishing people that's been painting warp lightning cannons, doom divers, war hydras, bone giants, trolls, a lovely black coach with the proper old style horses. They're converted from uh, something. I just checked it up. Yeah, they're it's a really nice one, isn't it? Oh yeah. And that's from Tankles Lair on Instagram. Uh, then we've got a Death Chicken of Chaos. Not only we who call it that, apparently. <laughs> a lovely repeated ball thrower and some Countess Kislev's horse archers, which are technically not a uh, rare unit for that army, but uh, he used the rule of cool caveat because he had nothing else to paint or that he wanted to paint. That's a giant, Rhinox Riders, duelists, a snuttling pump wagon and... When he, when that guy just had finished his pump wagon too early, he just pa painted some bonus trolls. Which is just nice. with some bonus trolls. Might as well. Yeah, it's great to see that so many people uh, got on this. Uh, first couple of months, there were a few guys getting on, and that was great. And now there's just a whole wave of them. And for the next challenge we did, like a lot of people already signed up for that. So it's great to see this really take off. Yeah. For the next one, it's a core unit again, which is just because people need core units. I've also put in a little caveat. If you don't want to paint a core unit or don't have any core units, you can pretty much paint as, as usual what you want or add a hero level character that's not a battle standard bearer because that will be a separate challenge in the future because that's what Jimmy wants. Yay! Every proper general needs a proper standard for his army. Of course. I was just, but for this, for the, the monthly challenge, it's basically just you've painted your core units, you've painted your special, you painted your rare, you need something to lead them, paint a hero level character, like a mage or a just like a captain or something. Just have a hero. So, did anyone have a special mention of all the cool stuff that was finished this month? Uh, I think that uh, the, the, the Doom Diver is really cool. He kills Wiseman on Instagram and I know this guy in real life as well. Uh, he's in the, the warband group that I'm playing in. And I really like his goblins in general. Play them at this event that I hosted. And this Doom Diver is just excellent. Uh, it's on a little base and it's very grimdark and also hysterically funny because they're goblins. Like the Doom Diver himself has got like goggles on and it's all rusty. And it's, it's got like a little rusty knife in one of his hands. It's perfect. I love it. I like the detailing he did on the wings as well, where they painted little moon symbols. Yeah, that's just great. that a little flavor. A unit yeah. that caught my eye is the the Rhinox Riders. I totally forgot that those guys ever existed. Yeah, we mentioned them in the Heavy Cow Tactica. Yeah, I know, but I still is like, yeah, they're they're ogres, blah blah, and I just never looked into the models until like when these guys showed up. Yeah. So, they're quite cool. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah, big fat lads on big fat mounts. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that you can upgrade the unit champion to be on an even, or all of them to be on an even larger rhino, which is just silly. Just look at me, forget these guys next week. <laughs> so, what about you, Chris? Remember. What's your favorite? I actually like both the bone giants because that's two more bone giants than I've ever seen painted before. <laughs> and those were from Max Paint Toys and the Quick Draw Hobby on Instagram. 
So it's just, yeah, I've never really seen Bone Giants painted. I've seen people buying them and then saying, nah, there's no way I'm ever going to assemble this, put it in a box and don't forget about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I ever assembled mine. Just... <laughs> See? <Proof>. Yeah, <laughs> this is proof. But uh, you could probably just sell it to Krill. I sold it ages ago. Oh. The only Bone Giant I would like is the one that's a character that they posted in uh, White Dwarf in 6th edition that basically has a uh, like a lich priest inside of it. Uh, yeah. I don't remember that guy. I remember they they made some giants that could have bows and stuff. Yeah, that's in the same uh, update. So you can basically have a oh. have an army led by a bone giant with bone giants with either two hand weapons, a two-handed weapon or a bow. That's basically yeah, a bolt. That'd be crazy to face like an entire army of bone giants. I like the Lich Priest bone giant and then just different selections of bone giants. Maybe Krell can do that with some OCR kits. Just glue them all together into big giants. That's how they work, right? <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah. Well, as I said, great that so many people uh, participated in the challenge. I'm really looking forward to seeing some more core choices uh, with so many people signing up as well. Uh, I will I will paint two, you heard me right, two regiments of halflings this month. Nice. Will you you, you mean you have Jimmy? any fixed amount? Um, like, I'm gonna actually, paint what you're going to paint, you just paint two units? I'm going to paint two units of state troopers, 20 guys each. Nice. Chris? Well, as I was saying, I'm going to first of all finish off that uh, ball thrower, and then we'll see. That might actually be just a Mordheim Warband to start off with, or just start converting to Mordheim Warband while I paint Dryads, because the Dryads are already primed and built. So <laughs> might also be a, I think it's a 172 scale Stormovic. <laughs> nice. So they got on. lying around. It's a great plane. Yeah. Might be that as well, but that's probably not related to this, or nor will it be finished in a month. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing those dryads. The first one you made looked really good. Yeah, it's so sweet. Yeah, it's it needs its company. It looks a bit alone so far. Just a lonely tree on the mountain top. Yeah, but uh, as I said, the April challenge is live on Facebook, and you can also see most of the entries if you check through the old Facebook posts for the challenge that's been finished because this list is. This list with Instagram handles might be posted, might not. I technically have to ask permission these days for that, but mm, we'll see what happens. Do you have but, to do that for social social media accounts? Yes, I do. Just to cover all the bases. That's just how it is. And, and remember to... Hand, yeah. Sorry, remember, just remember to post your pictures on Instagram and tag them at Build World Lives Monthly. Yeah, if you search a hashtag, you can find all of the Instagram accounts that we've been looking at for this challenge. So that's probably the easiest way to find them. Just search the hashtag, because then you can also find uh, all of the VIP, the work in progress photos and people talking about it. And uh, check out our Instagram while you're at it, at The Old World Lives. Do you know what I hate, guys? Do you know? Do you, do you know what grinds my gears? Do you know what grinds my gears? Scraping mold lines from old kits. God. Yeah, mold lines and old models. It's crap. And I think the worst thing is that some of them are just in a very, very bad spot as well. 
The worst I know is mold lines on knuckles. Try mold lines on puffy sleeves and puffy pants. I'd say mold lines on the plastic uh, cold one rider, uh, cold one night kit, because none of those mold lines make sense, and almost all of them have slight mold slip. So there's a bit of misalignment of every damn armor piece and and cold one that you have to fix before, which is. Yeah, that's probably the main reason why my entire Darker project is in a box at the moment. I got yeah, so I, pissed off with those. I bet those small lines go past like the, the scales as well. So there's a line that goes in a, uh, like one area, and then there's a little sink, and the small line just goes through the sink, and then you just have to get it in between every scale. Yeah. Some of them are even across the filigree details on the armor on the knights. So if you remove the mobile line, you might remove half of the detailing of the night. Because they're just that bit of mold slippage, so they're too deep to just scrape off. It's the worst. All right, so what's next on the agenda? Arrows are useless against a castle. You can only win by using heavy wall breaching equipment, which is why dwarfs are the superior race in siege warfare. If you are the besieger, you can't hit anything worthwhile at all. If you are inside the castle, you might think arrow fire would be effective from the towers, but which would you prefer to be hit by, a pointy stick or a 30 pounds rock? Burnt Lava Spear, the Dwarfen Art of War. And welcome to the second segment, which is a Tactica Boom, <laughs> which is a quote from the Ogre rulebook. <laughs> and that's a quote from the Lead Belchers, which are not in this Tactica. Because they're not an artillery unit. So, as we've alluded to, this is a tactica or artillery where we will go through the rules for the main types of artillery, which are stone throwers, bolt throwers, and cannons, and also through most of the units and their special rules if they differ from the regular standard rules in the big rule book. There will yeah. also be special mentions of. Uh, some of them that will be discussed in their own specials that this will be mentioned later on. Just because we have either just hinted on them before, or talked a bit about them, or there's so much text that they have to be in their yeah. special episodes. And some of the units that we're going to talk about, we will just guess how they're used. Sounds very artillery-like. Yeah. Throw okay. this man or artillery dice. He knows what I mean. <laughs> so first out, we're going to talk about stone throwers and stone thrower-esque war machines. Yes. So a stone thrower uh, lobs something, a rock or, or burning pigs or skulls or whatever, and uh, it explodes and damages troops. So stone throwers will also include some of the artillery pieces that are technically not stone throwers, but are treated as stone throwers in the rules. Yeah. So a stone thrower, you, uh, you pivot your war machine towards the target where they want to fire, and you guess how far away the target is, and then uh, you measure out what you guessed, then you roll a scatter die and an artillery die, and uh, if you roll a hit, you hit, and you place a small uh, blast template there. And if you scatter, it deviates as much as you roll on the artillery dice in that direction. If you roll a misfire, you roll on the stone thrower misfire chart, which weirdly is more deadly than the cannon misfire chart. 
Uh, and if you hit your target, you roll damage. So uh, if you hit anything under the small hole in the bus, that model takes a strength 8 hit, and everyone else takes a strength 4 hit. And if you're partially hit by the template, you are hit on a 4+, plus, and anyone fully under the template is hit. And then you use roll to damage, and you get no armor saves. So that is basically how a regular stone thrower works. And uh, there, there was a bit of a clarification in the 2002 annual, how to fire stone thrower. Because you can only fire a target that you see, but with stone throwers, because they lob the shell, you can overshoot your target to try and hit enemies behind it. I've heard some discussion about people arguing how this actually works, and because it's a bit unclear, they just says that you can fire towards where you can see an enemy, and if that means you can just fire towards like the entire enemy table edge because that's the enemy table edge, or if you actually have to aim towards an enemy. And I think uh, it's clear from the 2002 annual that you can only target like enemy units that you see, and you can target that unit and try and overshoot against a unit that's behind it that you cannot see. As long as you see an enemy unit in front of that, you can try and overshoot and target different units. So the first one is the Bretonia Trebuchet, which is yes. uh, just a catapult, but it's strength ten in the small blast and strength five in the the small hole or the the blast the the blast itself. Which is really nice, and I think it's uh, it's fairly cheap. And it can pivot, but it can't move. It's also nice with strength five on the, the small blast. The, the the yeah, they're gonna kill infantry. Yeah, like so easily. Yeah, it's the difference between wounding regular toughness three infantry on a two plus compared to a three plus, which is great, and wounding chaos knights on three plus instead of four plus as well. It's also slightly different in the range because it can't target anything closer than 12 inches, but it has a 16-inch range instead of a standard 48-inch range for a stone thrower. All right, uh, next one, bit of an unusual weapon, the Chaos Dwarf Earthshaker. Uh, and this is a catapult, but I think its main use is that it literally shakes the earth. And after you fire it, you roll 2d6 from the point where it impacted, and any unit within that 2d6 in inches counts as moving through difficult terrain. No, so half range. Oh, okay. Just yeah. ha half movement rate all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So then and they can't shoot missile weapons. Yeah. Yeah, so you could be doubly affected if you would then move to a difficult train. Then you would move quarter. So that's really, yeah. really annoying. Really good for Chaos Horse. They want to stand and shoot. And now they can make their enemies move slower for them to shoot more. Yeah. And war machines caught in the area may only fire on a 4+. plus. This one is a bit special. It's got a 12 to 48 inch range and it uses the cannon misfire table. So it's technically a mortar, I think. Yeah, and as I said, you want to use the cannon misfire chart because yeah. it's less deadly than the stone thrower for some reason. Somehow, somehow black powder is finally safe. Yeah, it's weird. And I'm saying that they are safer. You might wonder why. Uh, so both of them have the same kind of misfire chart. If you roll a one, the weapon is destroyed, and on a 2-3, you can't fire this turn or the next turn. The difference being that a stone thrower loses a crew member on a roll of a 2-3 as well. And then 4-5-6, you can't shoot this turn, you can fire next turn. So guys get caught in the strings or whatever when they're tightening the catapult and get killed. Uh, next on the list is also, uh, so the death rocket fires up to 48 inches, fires like a stone thrower, and if you roll a hit and a misfire it bounces off 2d6 in a random direction and 46 goes there oh 46 yeah yeah, yeah. crazier and then it explodes over there 
and it doesn't make any damage where it originally lands. So you might just end up blowing up your own backline with it if you're really unlucky. <laughs> yeah, so even if you had an enemy unit, it just bounces off some guy's helmet and explodes somewhere else. Well, it is a rocket. It might just, it's not really guided or anything. You just hope it goes in the right direction. Yeah. Kind of like the Doom rocket for Skaven in 7th edition. I remember reading the rules for the, the Death Rocket or its equivalent in 8th edition in the Timercrown book, where it's basically guided. So if you miss the target, you can kind of guide it towards the enemy anyway. So it's like super accurate instead of being less accurate. <laughs> no, should we move on to maybe their less chaotic relatives? Yeah, the dwarves. The dwarf so... stone thrower is basically a stock standard stone thrower, but it can be upgraded with runes, and Nicholas got some tips on that. Yeah, so basically all, all dwarf war machines are pretty basic, the three basic ones, but they have runes that complement each of them. Uh, stone throwers are usually upgraded with a rune that gives them plus one strength, so they are also strength five and small blast. As I said, with the trebuchet, it's really good for pounding regular troops, or chaos knights, or whatever. It's a big difference when you get that many guys under the hole. And second rune I usually upgraded with them, them with is the rune of accuracy, which just allows you to reroll the scatter dice, which is incredibly deadly. And also, if you have an engineer uh, next to them, then you can guess the range twice, which makes the, the stone throwers very, very deadly. So you would think that, oh, it's just a stock standard catapult, but you can upgrade them to make them some of the best war machines in the game. So what's next? The Orcs and Goblins catapult. Yeah, the Rock Lobber, yeah. which is actually just a basic stone thrower, crewed by goblins, no? So they are, <laughs> they're not good as crew members, but you can buy extra crew member who, who he, he never helps shooting the crew that with, with, the, with the war machine. But it is an orc bully, so he keeps the leadership high for those little rascals, going from leadership six up to seven. Ooh, oh yeah. And he actually makes it like you would have to think about charging them with yeah. like a small unit of huntsmen or something. Because now there's actually an orc there that can yeah. fight. Yeah, toughness four. Yeah. He also has light armor, which the others don't. Yeah. I think that the great thing about the orc stone thrower is that like the rest of the army is so unreliable that this thing is actually yeah. very reliable compared to them. One of one of the most reliable units. That's why I have four. <laughs> yeah, and it's just as we talked about in the, the last episode, there are also gorgeous models. Oh yes, the they fair are. few was painted for the challenge. Also, compared to normal war machines, all orcs and goblins war machines are fairly cheap. They're yep. affordable, if anything. Yeah, they do, they do the same thing as all other war machines uh, for a good price. Yeah. So they're just great. I mean, it's still a strength 4 blast with no armor saves. That's really good. So all you green skin players out of there who don't own one, get one and learn how to guess range. Yeah, pretty much just become a carpenter and it comes naturally. Yeah. And now, onto something a bit more terrifying. Executioners who decapitate the rebels. They who hurl the wailing heads of the enemies of the king. Inscription above, above the tomb pit, pit of the skull catapults in Sandry. So these are some nasty stone throwers. 
Well, did they really throw stones or just stubborn heads of their enemies? Oh, the screaming skulls catapult operates in exactly the same way as a stone thrower, except that it hurls screaming skulls instead of rocks. Yep. So it I, works. I can. I. H- how do they scream with no lungs? Magic. <gasps> yeah, just like the the tutors and the <laughs> the undead regiments. All those instruments. Yeah. I'm just gonna read what it says in the unit entry because it's quite great, really. Screaming skulls. When screaming and flaming skulls land among the enemy, it is a very unnerving experience for them. To represent this, any unit that suffers one or more wounds from a shooting attack by screaming skull catapult must take a panic test. Because of the weird nature of the screaming skull ammunition, the catapult inflicts magical attacks which also counts as flaming attacks. So I love that just, hmm, we haven't used these rules lately, we're just going to put every rule on this one. Yeah, and you can upgrade it to hurl the skulls of the specific enemy you're fighting. Yeah. And uh, then you, uh, if you upgrade it with the skulls of the foe, you make it even more terrifying than the catapult's usual ammunition, and any units must take a panic test from a screaming skull catapult. Suffer a minus one to their leadership. Yeah, if if you're fighting them and then they're hurling the, the skulls of uh, your neighboring village, you're like, ah, that's fine. But then you see, oh my god, is that Oleg's head? Shit. Man, it must yeah. suck playing vampire counts against them when they have to <laughs> fire they just, they just flaming skulls. And then you just see your... Yeah. And then all of a sudden, so the, the, the stone... Attack, the attack, <laughs> it, it, it would work against ghouls, if anything, but... <laughs> No, but you throw the burning magical skulls at the spirit host, and the spirit hosts catch fire and die, <laughs> and get and get and get get scared. <laughs> Boo! Ah! But then they just remember. Oh, wait! I'm a ghost. I don't really care about scary stuff. Yeah, but they're great. The models look quite great as well. The yeah, pretty much the sixth edition ones, the ones before that when it was the gener- generic skeleton catapults. They're quite all right, but they're not the best models. Those teeny tiny skull catapults. Yeah, <laughs> and at least the six dead ones are looked apart because the newer ones that Krill likes have, for some reason, like eight hundred legs. Gene stealer legs. Well, you gotta be able to walk with it. How do you get it to the battlefield? Can you just walk there by itself? Well, Heinrich Kemmler did use uh, bone catapults against uh, a castle in a Gotrek book. And he also made uh, siege towers out of flayed beastman skin. So it's he was, pretty much, he was pretty much the first Ossiark bone reaper. And yet he's not part of the faction. Can't he just at least be consistent in stupidity? Nah. Fair enough. All right. So is that all the catapults? Pretty much. Unless you, well, there are special ones, but they were gonna, that are even more special than these, and that those are uh, going to be mentioned in a separate segment, not part of the segment. The mortar works like a catapult, if anything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. We can. Should we just mention it here? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It's, it, it is like a catapult, and but it shoots. We a should mention blast. that it's technically not a. It does technically not count as a stone thrower that all of these do. That's the difference. That's why it wasn't on the yeah. first yeah. situation of the list. But as you said, it should be mentioned here. So it fires like a stone thrower, but it fires a large blast, strength three, I believe. 
Yeah, strength three and strength six in the middle. Yeah, and you you do get an armor save. You get a minus two. Yeah, armor you save. do. Yeah. Uh, but also with the mortar uh, in the two thousand two annual, when it says how to fire stones, or you can fire over units, it says specifically that you cannot do this with a mortar and a cannon. So I don't know. It fires like a catapult, but it does not fire like a catapult. It's a bit strange. Yeah. But but principle is the same. You guess how far away it should explode, and then you scatter from that point. And and then I suppose. All right. Should we move on to cannons? Yes. Yeah. So there are two cannons in the, the big book. Small cannon and the big cannon. They're both strength 10. Uh, one, The small one is range 48, I think. And the big one is range 60. Yep. And the small one does D3 wounds. And the big one does D6 wounds. And they both ignore armor saves. Mm-hmm. So when you fire a cannon, unlike a mortar, you don't just guess where it should land. You guess a point and roll an artillery die and add that. And that point, that is your guess plus an artillery die, is where the cannon shot first lands. And then moving in a straight line, you roll another artillery dice and that's the bounce. And the bounce zone, so between your first guess and where it lands, is where you kill stuff. So you want to get as many models in that line as possible. So usually you would do, you would aim for the point where all eighth edition players can just place it without even guessing. Yeah, and and, and they all always place it seven inches in front of a unit, or what's it? Seven yeah. inches in front no. of the back of the unit? No, uh, it, ten inches from the back. Yeah, ten inches from the back. Ten inches from the back, bro. Yeah, ten inches from the back. <laughs> so yeah, in eighth edition, they just removed all the guess thing, which is super sad. It's one of my favorite parts of the game of guessing artillery. Although, although, sure, it speeds up the game, but we don't need that. Why would you want something fun to be over so fast? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, you guess the range, add artillery die, and then you bounce another artillery dice. And if on the first, uh, first guess range you roll a misfire, you roll on the misfire chart, and then on the second roll, if you roll a misfire, it just gets stuck in the ground. Which is the most infuriating thing ever. Like you, you get a perfect guess, a perfect uh, distance added, and then you just lands like in front of the toes of an enemy grave guard or whatever. Or they get they guess perfectly and it just lands on the head on your goblin general and he dies because he can't look <laughs> out, sir, for his goddamn life. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> the memories they haunt me still. Cannons do have, they come as standard with an alternate firing mode. It is the yes. grape shot. Oh no, don't remind me. They work great against uh, Skaven. <laughs> Retreat! Retreat! <laughs> Use the flame template and uh, all models under the template, even though Grace Bait suffers strength, four hit, one wound, uh, minus two save modifier, which is, as we said, great against Skaven, especially frenzied ones that can't retreat. Yeah, there's an... especially when you shoot it from the side, and the unit is ten guys wide. There's a there's an update yeah. to this though. I don't know in the which uh, annual was, but they changed it to uh, roll in the artillery die, and that's how many hits you get within eight inches instead of using the flint template. And oh, but that sounds either... like eighth edition 40k. So that that's not all right. <laughs> yeah, remove all the blasts. I think that I think they added that to make you be able to roll a misfire when you do that kind of shot. Yeah, you could it use is either. Quite silly that it just works pretty much. 
Yeah, well, everyone knows it's far more safe to load your canning with rusty nails than actual shot. Uh, so, yeah, what races have cannons? The Empire have got the Great Cannon, which is the bigger yeah. of the cannons that we mentioned. The Dogs of War used uh, this, the regular cannon, and the Dwarves used regular cannon. Yeah. But, wait, there's more! Regular Dwarves can add runes to their cannons. Did you know that, guys? Of course. So, of course. Yep. <laughs> so as I mentioned, with the catapult, you can just add runes to make dwarf artillery the best artillery. Uh, you so, mean the most expensive artillery, right? Well, yes, but also the best. So the dwarves have a really good rune for cannons that allow you to reroll the artillery dice once for each shot. So this means you could either reroll it when you roll a misfire on the first roll, or for the bounce roll, which is super handy. Wow. Yeah, it's the best thing ever. So, so probably... I keep hearing. I think I need to build and paint some dwarfs then. <laughs> come yeah. line, here I come. Another thing, I don't know if this is very usual in 6th edition, that you would put a rune of flaming just to make the, the cannon shots flaming attacks uh, for shooting ethereal stuff and shooting big tree men. It's, uh, it's a good rune for five points. Yeah, all the mummies. I don't know, like they only have one moon, or I don't know, are, there are no mummies, are there? Yeah, the mummies. In Revenant uh, And the Lich King, uh, some of the their units are flammable because they're embalmed. Oh, all right. Pretty much yeah. only the characters, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a. It's uh, situational, you, but it can be good. Yeah, uh, you can stick on any one. Great. Great against tree men and dryads. The the most useful thing for it though, I have it on one of my catapults, is because of the rule of three for dwarf runes that you can't have, or all the, the rules, the rule of jealousy, I think this might be, that you can't have the same combination of runes on um, several things. So if you stick this five point rune of flame on another combination that you already have, you're all good. And uh, just a special mention to uh, Bronzino's Galloper Gun that I use quite a lot. It is an even yep. smaller cannon. It's only strength 6, and does d3 wounds. Strength and... 7. Oh yes, strength 7. Yeah, sorry, strength 7. And you get a 24 inch range and d3 wounds. Yeah, so range 24 sounds oh. really short, uh, but you still get all the, the bonus dice roll. And I have guessed like maximum range 24 a lot of times and just barely hit the enemy models. So it seems to be enough. Yeah, and there's, there's also another an unit. Oh, oh, you go first. Yeah, I was going to say there's also another important rule with the Galloper Gun is that it's got the rapid movement rule, yep. which means that they can move a may march, can hold or flee as charge reaction. And if they flee, they just pick up the gun and run away and don't lose it until they're caught. Yeah, it's great. I marched these guys up uh, the board last game I played in the breakthrough mission and just scored a bunch of points for being in the enemy deployment zone. Because at the end of the game, no one really cares about cannons galloping across the battlefield. Although you forgot about the best cannon in the game, the carronade from the Vampire Coast Army list. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I think that was probably the only book I didn't check for this yeah, one goes up the they... list. They work as the lesser cannon, except it can only shoot 36 inches in range, and it has strength 7, but it can move and fire. That's pretty good. Yeah, that is pretty good. It's like, they have move 4, so you can move your ca cannon around and just shoot around. They're a special choice, costing 70 points each. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the Bronzino guns cost 100 each. 
Yeah. Although to play this list, you need, you have to play at least 2000 points because you need to use Commander Harkon himself. Yeah, so Although, and, and I know some some gaming groups allow this list to be used without him and just use a regular hero guy to play yeah. lower point games because the list is very, very fun. Yeah, it's always weird with those lists. You have to have that special yeah. character. But on the other hand, it is a list from a campaign book that it's only supposed to be played in that campaign. So it might be why you have to have the character. Yeah, I would love to see that list Ooh. someday. Yeah, we have we have a guy who plays 500 points from this list in a campaign at home, and he has a nice. cannon. Awesome. Yeah. All right, so that's it for cannons. Let's move over to the the dart launchers, the bolt throwers. The only thing mm-hmm. that shoots properly with ballistic skill. Yeah. So all the other uh, war machines use artillery dice somehow and guess ranges, and these guys just fire, just shoot, use ballistic skill, and shoot to hit. So they are strength 6, range 48, and minus 3 to armor save. No and... armor saves. Oh, oh yeah, no armor, no armor saves. saves. I keep but damage, damage D3. Yeah. And uh, you lose one strength per rank it penetrates. Yeah, so like when you shoot it and you kill the guy in the first rank, then you get a hit on the guy in the second rank with minus 1 strength. And you keep going until you don't wound the guy or... I, I'm not sure about how it is if you don't kill him or not. Yeah, yeah, you can uh, you can have ward saves. So if you save the first one with ward save, it's yeah, yeah, which is uh, so great if you play. It's just so bad as just tanking a ball from a ball thrower on your chest or something because you could have a medallion on it. Yeah, yeah, the blessing of a lady saves you every time. Yeah, but uh, you can, as you said, you continue rolling for damage until you fail to slay the target or run out of ranks. You can if you have shoot it in the front of a two rank unit it's kind of a waste because you can potentially only kill two models but if you shoot yeah. it in the side or in a really deep unit you can penetrate quite far if you're lucky with your rolls yeah or take off a few wounds from a monster me personally oh, yeah. i like i like using ball throwers to pick out wounds from monsters because monsters are large targets so you usually don't get the minus one for long range yep so what armies have ball throwers the Chaos Dwarfs got a Hobgoblin bolt thrower, and we should mention all of the all of the Chaos Dwarfs units we mentioned are from the Ravening Hordes book because they don't have a proper release for sixth edition. Yeah, and there's no special rules or anything for these bolt throwers for it's, the Hobgoblins, right? It, it's just uh, two per choice, or one to two, one to two per two. slot. Okay, yeah. So you can take two for one slot. That's it. pretty much all yeah. of the bolt throwers can. Yeah, that's uh, one of the big strengths of both throwers. You look at them and they don't look as powerful as a cannon, and they are not, but you can take two of them in one choice, which is great. Yeah. Then we have so the... So it's, it's the same for dwarves, right? Yeah. Yeah. Depending yeah. on which book, because I think one of the two books for 6th edition just allows you to take one, doesn't it? Okay, Nicholas, uh, you play the true dwarf. Yeah. In the in the true old and proper dwarf book, they can definitely have two for each special choice. Yeah, I think it might be in the if it is, it's in the six point five books. You can only take one, but I'm not sure, so don't quote me on that. We don't really care about the six point five book, even though so, it's fine to play it because it's released in sixth edition. I can hear the fans clamoring. What runes? What runes? Because do you put on a bolt thrower? Don't uh, give speaking. it the plus one strength, please. Don't do it. 
God, I hate this. Okay, people, if you if, if you give the plus one strength rune, it will kill everyone's chariots because strength seven kills chariots. Yeah, one shot. That's the greatest thing. <laughs> strength seven bolt throwers are very common. You can give it a rune. You just give it plus one yeah. strength. The, I usually give it to catapults as well. Uh, the thing is, though, a dwarf stone uh, bolt thrower is forty five points, which is really cheap. Yeah, and that plus one strength rune is twenty five points, so you make it pretty expensive yeah. right away. And then you, you can give it a rune of seeking, which allows you to hit on two plus once per game. So it's just a one-use guided bolt. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're shooting through a forest or whatever, or you can't see through a forest, but behind a, a thick wall at long range at a small target, you will still hit on two plus. Which makes it quite great for hunting characters on large monsters and stuff like that. Yeah. You can also give it a Fluxons rune, which is just an anti-air rune uh, that gives it plus one to hit flying targets. You could give it two of these and make it plus two, so you can hit them super easy. Uh, but I have come to realize that usually I will not give any runes to both throwers because it's just better to keep them cheap. Because they still usually only hit on four plus. You, you yeah. sink a lot keep of points. Keep them cheap and they will reap. Truer words have never been spoken. Yeah. And I know you can this. either, yeah, go on. No, no, you first. I was going to say that you can either take one really upgraded bolt thrower, or take two for the same cost as the one with all of the runes. Then you still have yeah. two chances to hit. Yeah, and my my words they come from just using the orcs and goblins spirit chuckas, which is the next kind of bolt thrower, which is the cheapest bolt thrower in the game for thirty five points each. Mm, take that, dwarfs. Mm, we're better than you for once. <laughs> Cheaper, not cheaper, not better. No, no, they're better. I can fit so many in one list. Where shall Legion yeah. Nine? Shit. Yeah. Then you but, should just but, take yeah. one, one Dark Elf assassin sneaking up with the mask that gives it terror and just run. But but the, here, here's the thing: I will I will always add a five point orc bully getting that leadership seven and light armor. Yeah. Yeah. So just like the rock lobber, the spirit checkers can buy an extra crew member, which is the orc bully, who keeps the lads in check. Although if you're like me and play Mona Goblins, you will never add this kind of dirty thing. Yeah, the spirit check is great. Thirty-five points and there's not even a chance of misfiring with it. Yeah, I know, right? Everyone will survive, even the enemy, because they will always miss. Well, and also there's the same ballistic skill as dwarves. Yeah. So it's great. Yep. I and, it. Uh, and also two for one special choice. Yeah. And uh, now we get into the special bolt throwers, the, the ones that got some additional rules. And that <laughs> yeah, is the, the ones that dark, actually work. Yeah. That's the Dark Elves Reaper bolt thrower and a slightly different, but pretty much the same Hiles Repeater bolt thrower. Because in this edition, they had this, basically the same names. And they got an alt, they can fire as normal or they have an alternate firing mode, which is they may fire multiple shots. And these shots are worked out the same way as crossbow shots, using the ballistic skill of the crew to determine hits. The ball thrower shoots six bolts in each shooting phase. Multiple shots have a range of 48, strength 4, armor save suffer, a minus 2 penalty. So, And uh, I guess there's no suffering in ballistic shield roll to hit for using multiple shots, right? They just roll not to hit according to the rules. Oh, then yes. that's not in the rules blurb, so... So they, they just roll to hit like normally, so if it's in short range, you will hit on 3+, plus, and if it's long range, 4+. plus. 
Yeah, and it's always nice to just rain bolts on enemies. Luckily, they're rare choices, right? Um, yeah. yeah. In the standard yeah. list, they're rare choices. Yeah, yeah. In the in both standard lists, yeah. Yeah. In the and, uh, city city guard list, they're a special choice. Oh, yeah. I forgot and in, uh, I think they are is, in is the city guard list as well. Yeah, they're all two for one. <laughs> Oh my god. So yeah. in, a city, in a city guard in a city guard list you can take at least four. Yeah. But anyone who takes four just because they can is someone you probably want to poke in the eye, in the eye with a pen. So yeah. don't 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 <laughs> take really don't take that as a defense. Don't take that as a defense that I said you, that you could, but you probably should. But it's up to you, your own conscience conscience here. Yeah, these things are great. Uh, it's good that they're rare because then people will have to pick between these and Great Eagles and High Elves, but they are a great unit. Yeah, but if you play the Seaguard list, I think they're special, which is nice because in the Seaguard list, you get the pre game bombardment of everything that's got a bow, basically, or a outdoor. Oh, yeah, so you can like shoot at other war machines or wandering everything. wizards. Yeah. You yeah. can pretty much almost target a character in a unit with it. Yeah, you or, or you can target Skaven weapon teams. Yeah. Well, speaking of this, some of the Skaven weapon teams that are technically a kind of uh, war machine, they will be mentioned soon, but that's a special mention. Just as a teaser for the next 10 well, minutes. What are we going to talk about right now? Yeah, exactly. But first of all, in the special character specialist is the Halfling Hotpot from the Dogs of War list. Yes. Yeah. Which it was is also part of the uh, Empire list in the uh, Revening Hordes book. True. Yeah. And uh, wasn't there a Mootland list for 6th edition in one of the White Dwarfs? Or is that for another edition? I think it's from, from another. I'm not sure. Um, I, I have some memory. If, if a listener hears this and once sent in which edition had a Mutland list in a White Dwarf, please do, because we would love to know. But it's uh, treated as a stone thrower, and uh, with the uh, following changes, it's a max range of 36 inches. Uh, hits are sold as strength 3, three. <laughs> with no armor save. The model under the hull of the template suffers strength 6 hit, no armor save, D3 wounds. Which is quite nice for just lobbing soup at someone. Home delivery. Yeah, it's what we all should do now. Just firing a boiling, steamy mess at the enemy and just melting them away. It's, it's just yeah, so hilarious. Know, yeah. You know, I I think the soup just tastes bad and everyone goes home. <laughs> just uh, it's just uh, so strumming, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's just boiling so strumming, so it smells even worse because it's hot. It's the Empire Soldier's missing shoes! Ah! <laughs> and Sue Strumming. And Sue Strumming. Yeah, that would be... Yeah, that's probably what... What country haven't we mentioned lately? That's probably... Hmm. Is that Australian cuisine? No. So, move on. Uh, we got the Dwarf Flame Cannon. Because that's... Yeah. It's... Uh, I was going to say, it's range 12, strength 5, and it gives D3 wound and a minus 2 armor save. Is it range and, 12 uh, or... Guess range twelve. It's guess, it's range, guess 12. range twelve. It's guess range twelve, and then you and have to place the template and stuff. Yeah, you add the artillery dice as well, and then you place yeah. the flame template at that point. And so it's like twelve plus up to ten plus eight for the template. So it sounds like it's really short, but it is 
quite far anyway. And uh, I faced yeah. one last year in Poland, and they're bloody dangerous. Oh yeah. yeah, especially against greenskins. You have to take a panic. <laughs> oh yeah, if you take uh, casualty. How fun do you think it is playing with only night goblins? <laughs> <laughs> Leadership well, five. That's exactly what yeah. they're made for. If that gives you any confidence. <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, so basically, you roll that tiller dies and add a score to see where the flame lands from after you have guessed, and then that tiller dies, and then. But the misfires are on a one to two, it's destroyed, and three to four, it can't shoot this on next turn. And yeah, it's dangerous. On a five to six, it's a main of five this turn. So it's one to two, it just poof, and it's gone. Great model stuff, yeah. really great model. Yeah, Nicholas, did I have one at your place, right? Yes, an old, an I bought one. it in Sweden, yeah. brought it back to England, and then I yeah. need to get back to Sweden too. <laughs> yeah, you also or, or hopefully the... if I get to you this summer, depending on how this corona crisis turns out. Yeah, if the the plague monks have, if they're done with their great plan by then. Yeah. yeah. You also got the newer model from me when we traded, yeah. I think. Yep. And I still so I, have, I'm, I'm gonna one have part, one part from it. I have one part, just to know. And okay. Yeah, I I like both of them. the The older one is really charming, and the new one yeah. looks really brutal. So the I like older one is like a huge barrel. Yeah, with the with the with funnel. The yeah, it's a funnel in front. And 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 the new one is like that's a mechanical genius type of thing. There's like pipes everywhere, levers. It looks great. Yeah. It's got pressure gauges. It's got a yeah. dragon carved cannon. It's just think, great. Yeah, it's one it, of the thing it, I like the most with the player. with the old one is the crew. The crew is amazing. Yeah, the, the the guy with the beard and the barrel is my favorite. Yeah, that way is right. also that we should mention the crew for basically all of the war machines in the game are pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Well, one yeah. of the best things about war machines is that it just looks like a diorama. Yeah, it, it, it's it's boring when you have the same war machine and the crew look all the same if you have like multiple. So for me, it's that's how it is with my rock lovers. The crew looks great, but fielding four of them beside each other yeah. is like just looks like copy paste because all the models are the same. Yeah. Some of them did come with a slight altered crew, like one extra crew member, so you could have at least two sets that look slightly different, but. Not all of them, sadly. And then the plastic ones, well, they were an upgrade plastic, because you could yeah. you could model your crew however you wanted, but the, the crew was somehow worse. I'm going to say that the Empire cannon slash mortar crew looks great, though. Yeah. The high elf plastic bolter crew is quite good as well because uh, you get multiple arms and multiple heads and some extras. Yeah, they used to have slightly orangutangy arms. So yeah. Although Nicholas, what do you think about the plastic cannon crew for the dwarves? Don't well, they look great? I mean, it's just the arms look a bit wonky. I think. Yeah, the rest like... of them look great. Speaking the arms of dwarves, are... yeah. Let's the get organ back on gun. The subject. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The organ Let's gun. Let's get back. On... It's a range eighteen, strength five, uh, armor save minus three, and movement as crew, which is nice. Which most of the cannons have, but it's like you just can move around the, crew, the cannon. Yeah, you can move it. You can move it three inches without uh, taking penalties. Yeah, and uh, unlike other war machines, you roll an artillery die, and that's how many hits you get. Yeah, simple yeah. as that, and which is really good. It's really good for close defense 
Yeah. 18 inches is not that long. Uh, and that's like one of the key differences between the 6 book and the 6.5 book. Because in the later book, they get 24 inch range. Yeah. yeah. And it pretty much has the same results on the misfire table as the flame cannon. So I wanted to, it's destroyed. Yeah, it's dangerous. But that's what you get for taking these newfangled, only 400 year old machines. <laughs> yeah, that's like one of the biggest things I realized in 8th edition. When I saw some battle reports of someone playing 8th edition dwarves, and they all have runes in their organ games. And I'm like, what? What are you doing? You can't put runes in that. It's way too new. And I felt I felt better about myself for being this crumbly dwarf. Uh, it's just strange. Yeah. yeah. Be- being a filthy goblin player, for once, I'm on your side. <laughs> and then we have something that's slightly the same thing. Just yeah, and, and more way, interesting. Better. It, yeah, it, it's way better. It's way better. In the hands of Jens, it's it's <laughs> great. It, in the hands of Jens and his loaded dice. <laughs> yeah. And this is the yeah. Empire Hellblaster Volley Gun. Yeah. The Volley Gun shoots three times. So it's 24 inches. Yeah, potentially. Uh, it's uh, 24 inches. And uh, when it's uh, when it shoots at half, it's strength four. When it shoots at half range, it's strength five, right? Yeah. Yes. So 0 to, yeah. 0 to 12 inches, it uses hits and shots is artillery dice, strength five, armor save minus three. Uh, 12 to 24 inches is half the artillery dice, strength four, and minus two in the save. Yeah. Yep. So it's slightly different. It's not as powerful at yeah. range. So Although, got, yeah, go ahead. It's got like four <laughs> barrels in three different sets or racks. So it fires one rack and then it turns around and fires the second rack and then fires the third rack. If you don't roll a misfire where it could stop or it could just be even better. Yeah, be like Jens and roll a six. <laughs> if you roll a six, on the f- when, when, when you roll a six, <laughs> it hits at maximum hits. And all the following unshot barrels will do the same. So if you're all a six on the first misfire shot, you will get potentially 30 hits or 15 at long range. So, yep. yeah. And Jens got 30 hits on me and killed 28 <laughs> night goblins. Oh. Isn't that fun? Isn't that fun? You said, you just got one to two, it's destroyed. Three, it malfunctions. So you can't uh, fire this on next turn. Uh, four jammed, so you can't fire this. Dud, so you just have to uh, continue and fire the next rank of barrels. And kaboom! That's Jimmy just explained. It's something spectacularly devastating has happened. The barrel you were rolling for and any remaining barrels in the, this deck all score ten hits, five at long range. You can fire normally in the next shooting phase. Yeah. <laughs> whenever you whenever you talk with Empire players about this as well, they're like. Oh yeah, it's not that dangerous. It misfires a lot, and you're like, no, it doesn't. And when and, it and, does, and, yeah, it kills everything. Yeah, I know. And it's always, always when you roll a misfire on the first one, it's always followed by a six. That that's a hundred percent of me facing one of these. <laughs> yeah, facts. That might just be Jens using loaded dice against you. No, it, it 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 was also when I played against uh, Martin Kumet back home when he borrowed an Empire Army. Still from loaded I. dice. Yeah, still loaded dice, and the same happened. It also happened when I used the same army list uh, doing an introduction game <laughs> versus uh, a friend of mine who tried <laughs> out my Skaven. It's like, 
It always happens when you misfire on the first barrels. Every single time. <laughs> That's more fun then. Yeah. So, on to the Doom Diver. Jimmy, take yes. it away. Yes. The Doom Diver fires exactly like a stone thrower, but the thing is, it's way fun when the projectile lands. A Doom Diver is like a huge sling which shoots winged goblins. And goblins, they line up to be shot out from this sling because it's always fun to look down on your orc brethren or your other git friends. <laughs> yeah. So when the Doom Diver hits, when firing a Doom Diver catapult, treat it exactly as you would a rock lobber. Point the catapult at a suitable target, nominate distance, roll the trailer die and scatter die and determine where the goblin lands as for a rock lobber. If the goblin lands on top of an enemy unit, he automatically causes D6 strength 5 hits with no armor saves. Wow. No templates are used for the Doom, Doom Diver. The plummeting goblin either hits units or misses altogether. As Doom Divers are able to direct themselves onto the targets to some extent, the player is allowed to reroll the scatter die. If he does so, then the reroll will either hit or send the goblin off in another direction as shown by the arrow on the reroll die. So they're very hit or miss. They're very funny to use <laughs> because they're just the fact that you're shooting yeah. a goblin yeah. with yeah. Just paper wings is just amazing. Yeah. And so, like I said, it's D6 hits, so they're perfect to use on heavy cavalry. Chaos oh, yeah. Knights, Knights, anything. Small units, like normally cavalry units are 5 to 10 guys. And uh, this Doom Diver is probably going to kill 3 or 4 of them. Yeah, but the Knights fun... are yeah. prime target. Yeah. If a Doom Diver launch should misfire, roll a D6 on a 1. It hurts itself vertically up in the air and comes down in a single mighty crash, destroying itself and, the, and slaying its Doom Diver and his crew. <laughs> <laughs> On a two, the, each number of a D6 have a different <laughs> event on this <laughs> table. Yeah. So on a two... But none of them fires 30 barrels. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> On a two, the catapult spins crazily on the spot whilst the Doom Diver runs for cover. The Doom Divers are all too dizzy and exhausted to launch this turn and the next. On a three, the catapult <laughs> launches forward, tips over and launches the goblin face first into the ground, killing him instantly. <laughs> it takes the rest of the turn and all the next for the goblins to set the machine right again and launch again. On a four, the Doom Diver shoots straight high into the air and eventually vanishes from sight. He is never seen again. <laughs> the shot has no effect. <laughs> the other like, crew yeah. and the other crew gaze in their awe. It's like Team Rocket. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he flew high. On a five, <laughs> the Doom Diver starts to squabble over who's to go and who is next. The resulting punch up takes a turn to sort itself out. No Doom Diver is fired this turn. Or a six. The Doom Diver is launched in the right direction. Yay! But instead of flying high into the air, he's fired straight along the ground, flying, <laughs> plowing a furrow 3d6 across the table in a straight line. If it hits a unit from either side, result the damage is normal. The Doom Diver may pass through one or more units, but if but if it hits any terrain features, it is immediately destroyed. 
So Doom Divers are great. Uh, just imagine like the or this is the orc, but just imagine like the orc in the, the trailer for Warhammer Online when it's launched yeah. right into the castle wall. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah. Also, like all the previous orcs and goblins war machines, you can buy an orc bully. So yeah, yeah leadership seven. Yeah, I know. And it's it's a rare choice. It's a great model. Yeah, it's a great model. It, it's also a rare choice, and it's very common to see this war machine in orcs and goblins armors because it it's so good to use against, like I mentioned, cavalry. Everything that's really heavily armored and hard to yeah. kill. Yeah, it's 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 also good against monsters if you manage to hit one, but it's, yeah. it excels at cavalry. In late traditions, I think you can move the Doom Diver like D3 inches or whatever, but this re-rolling on, on uh, the Scattered Eye is way more fun. It's a, it's a very iconic unit as well. Yeah. I love it. The, the old one is very small. It's like a, a small, small slingshot on wheels. I don't know how it stands still. <laughs> But it's a small slingshot on wheels and a lone goblin attached to it with like Batman wings. But yeah, it's fun to use a Doom Diver. Me, myself, I use the Goblobber. No, it's, it's, it's not the Goblobber. It's the Squigloba from Forge World as my Doom Diver. Yeah, very cool. This big squig spitting yeah, out. Spitting. Is he spitting squigs. other squigs? Yeah. Yeah, he's spitting other squigs. The goblins <laughs> use this kind of oil which you paint onto the smaller squigs so they taste bad so the big squig won't swallow them <laughs> and they just keep feeding it squigs until it's it's about to burst and it spits them all out so it's basically like a herb you add if you want someone to throw up yeah yeah nice so let's move on to the skaven yes the warp the lightning, warp cannon. lightning cannon. cannon unlike other war machines the warp lightning cannon sees through uh, the terrain and models, unless it's hills or like stone features, and that only kind of includes rock formations and uh, castle walls. Yeah. So if if the house is made out of stone, you can see through it. Yeah, it's got warp stone powered extra vision. Yeah, it's got very picky warp stone powers that just fix and chooses what it can see through. <laughs> it's got an eight d six inches range. Eight, uh, yeah, 86 inches uh, range. So, strength, I usually damage D6, yeah. save normal. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, this war machine can also march, which uh, which is really great because it has move five. So, uh, if you don't shoot on the first turn, it's very common to see these machines go on either flank, the flank which don't have fast cavalry on it, most obviously. <laughs> And they march up on turn one, and on turn two and onwards, they just fire at the enemy from the flanks, so they can hit more models. Yeah, and they're nasty, stupid lance yeah, weapons. they are. Uh, they have uh, very, very funny uh, misfire charts because it's Skaven. Every, <laughs> every, ev everything has a misfire chart. So yeah. if if you roll a misfire, you roll d6 like normally on a one. The machine and its crew disappear in a green fireball. Remove them. On a three and four, place a large template over the warpstone chunk inside the cannon. All the models under the template, including the cannon, suffer a hit at strength D6. Then there's the fun one, which always happens to me. Five or six. The gun overloads with energy and starts spinning wildly under the effects of the mysterious forces. 
It finally stops firing an unbelievably, unbelievably powerful burst. Pivot the gun on the spot so that it faces the direction indicated by Scattered Eye and result the shot as maximum range and maximum strength. So 48 inches and strength 10. Firing flat. The thing is with the with this cannon, like we mentioned before, it's range 8d6. The thing is, compared to other cannons, it's all models beneath this 8d6 line are hit friend and foe so yeah. it's very common to shoot through your own, own units especially slaves i've done it before and i will do it again sue me that, that, that's, isn't that just a standard given way it is every time i face this thing i think mostly against you jimmy it's never really done yeah. any damage to me and then it did a lot of damage to you and then it exploded <laughs> that's true but that's because of the Asian agents they always sabotage <laughs> always <laughs> it's like and Empire players say, like, oh, don't worry, it's just going to blow itself up. But then Skaven players go like, oh, the Warplighting Cannon, it's the best thing ever. It's going to annihilate your enemy. It's going <laughs> to make it run away, and then it just explodes. And that's Yeah, it. yeah. Uh, I, I, I just got to mention how bad luck I have with these things. Uh, last two, two, two years ago, when how, I... Went, how many times have you been sabotaged? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and how many times just fucking suck at rolling my two wound dice because uh, after me and Kalle went to visit you visit you like two years ago we played a game, Skaven versus Skaven he played his Clanskari list I played my my Warlord list, I had my, my cannon and he fielded the uh, the, uh, what, what's the thread build thing called, the Doom Wheel he, he faced his Doom Wheel against my cannon and I was like I kept shooting at uh, I, I kept shooting at this doom wheel. I always rolled like strength eight and ten, but the thing is, I always rolled a one every time. And every time after I hit his his uh, doom wheel, he kept rolling so high on his movements. It's like I kept shooting him him with electricity, and his his machine just powered up and got faster, <laughs> coming closer all the time. Eventually, he killed me. Uh, the other fun thing about the the warplighting cannon is, as a shard reaction, it can only flee. There's yeah. been yeah. a bit of there, there's been a bit of discussion regarding this because some players say, "Oh, I'm gonna charge you from the other side of the table," and rulers written, it's completely legal. Yeah, and then you have to flee. And yeah, then I have to flee. Yeah, but that's just plainly stupid. In the FAQ, yeah. you just mention if you think you can actually do the charge. Yeah, if you can, if you think you are within range to charge. Yeah, then you can charge. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, you, there's no. Path. That's very subjective. Yeah, so most people in the community have agreed on if you can charge it, you just flee. But yeah. if yeah. So, so you you declare the charge, and then you yeah. after that you check if you're then in you range. Measure. And if you yeah. are in range, and then the, yeah, then we will flee. just flee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just a question about the 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 world landing cannon. Uh, uh, it is a chariot, right? So you can destroy it with strength seven. I'm gonna check this up. I don't think it's a chariot. Okay. Mm. No, uh, it but it says is... the the warp lightning cannon has a single stat line like a chariot. Yeah. Any non-sight wound caused by a strength seven hit or greater destroys the cannon automatically. Okay, that ah, is pretty like go. a chariot. But yeah. the, so, the warp uh, star confirms the four plus. Very, very important too. Regard normally, war machines have toughness seven, 
this one has toughness six, which is because this game and Screaming Bell can hurt all models with toughness seven or more on the battlefield. So yep. because of this, warp cannon, warp lightning cannon is safe. Mm. Should also mention that the warp stone inside the warp lightning cannon confers a yeah. four plus warp ward save to the warp lightning yes. cannon, but it does not protect it from effects of the misfire shard. So that yeah. helps it with being slightly lower toughness, but it still has a ward save instead. So remember the rune of penetrating all dwarf players out there and train it on the warp lightning cannon. Does that mean they can't take ward save? Uh, yeah, I guess, if, unless it's a demon ward save. It's not a demon ward save. But we all know that if it's a dice troll, yeah. the demon player will fail it. It will have been sabotaged by, by another clan. Yeah. Yeah. I just, re regarding shooting the cannon, I just gotta read up one bit from the firing the cannon piece here. The cannon can be fired in any direction, even through your own troops. No restrictions applies whatsoever. It's very <laughs> important. Kill your own guys. Do it. Even if it's if even if it's the last turn and you can't like get any more victory points, shoot with it. It's fine. It's just pretty much it encouraged. It doesn't matter if it dies and you and you give your enemy your it, it's victory points. Just do it. It's fun. You're playing Skaven. You're you're yeah. not meant to win. You're the bad guy from a bad Speaking... Saturday's morning cartoon. Speaking of Skaven, they also have two things that are similar to artillery pieces, but are not artillery pieces, and they are the weapon teams. Yes. So just going to give this a special mention. We're not going to go through them fully today, but they're probably, if we just, we haven't done a Skaven special, have we? No, nope, not be, yet. Good, because I've totally blanked it if we have. But we're going to do a Skaven special, obviously, sometime, and then we go through this fully. But it's the rattling guns and the warp fire throwers, which are attachments pretty much to units, right? Yeah. Yep. And uh, for everyone out there, just use your rattling guns. They're great. Shoot cavalry, shoot infantry, shoot anything. You will enjoy it. Shoot them with cannons. No, don't point your cannons at them. That kills them. Yeah, I know. And then you have your last two knights charge the warp lightning cannons with drones off the table. <laughs> don't remind me. The... Okay, okay. Uh, guys, I, I, I gotta tell you something about my, my warp lighting cannon. Last time I fielded it, it was chased away by dwarves. <laughs> I kid you not. It was chased away by long-drawn fucking slayer pirates who had walked across the goddamn <laughs> table. Long-drawn, long-drawn, and the banner-bearer was alive. And they charged it, and it fled off. <laughs> All right, I think we've been on Skaven yeah. for too long now. Yeah. Let's move on yeah. to the next yeah. choice. The, th the sad part is that the three last ones we have on this list are just going to be special mentions, because the first one is yeah. the Hell Cannon. And we tend to bog down on this for so long every time we mention it, so I'm just going to power through this and say this will be a special mention in a Store of Chaos rundown that we're going to do sometime this spring. And spring, summer, you know... Time yeah, relative. Sometime. But there, there will be a Storm of Chaos special and we're going to go through it fully. Alongside big, the Goblin Hewer. It's, it's like a catapult. Yeah, it alongside the Goblin Hewer. So the Hell Cannon and Goblin Hewer will be in the Storm of Chaos episode because both of those have two pages of rules. So we're not going to go through them now and we're not going to bog down on them as we always do. They're lovely models. They're 
Oh, I love the Goblin humor. So the Ogre Kingdoms, they got this Goblin Gnoblar Scrap Launcher. And this is, is pretty much like a Rhinox chariot with a catapult on top of it, which is why it isn't in this special, because it got way too many rules. And if yeah. we ever do, which we probably will, an Ogre Kingdom special, we will mention it. <sighs> there we go. Yay, we did it! No bogging down. So, now, on to how we use catapults. Oh, wait. Yeah, we've pretty much gone through how we would use most of these units. Uh, catapults, you know, fire against cavalry, it's great. I would never oh. leave home without two bolt throwers for either dark elves or high elves. They're just great yeah. at whittling down units or shooting, whittling down wounds on monsters. Yeah. Uh, for dwarves, I love my catapults. Uh, most people play cannons. Cannons are great. They are very multi-purpose. You can destroy big blocks of infantry, chariots, monsters, whatever. Uh, catapults are also good multi-purpose. Uh, since they have a blast, most people would just assume that they're good against uh, multi-target units. But they're really good against single-target units as well, with the, the hole in the middle. It's a strength 8, and it's still D6 yeah. wounds. Uh, I tend to have this philosophy using catapults. If I get first turn, then I will try and shoot the enemy war machines. But then from turn two and onwards, I will have to try and shoot the enemy cavalry. And they are always my number one target. And then when they yeah. have made contact with my lines or they are dead, I start shooting infantry units. That's exactly how I do with my rock lobbers as well. It's, it's a very good strategy. Try to inca in incapacitate the enemy first. If you can't, just kill as many as you can on the following turns. Yeah, I, I think cannons work kind of the same way. Yeah. They work for basically every army that can take a cannon. And if you take a Dogs of War cannon, it's most armies, if you really want to yeah. sacrifice a threshold for it. Do, doing this uh, kind of strategy, using war machines to take out war machines on turn one, it's it's a very good viable tactic because when you use the templates or the line from the cannons on another another war machine, it's the specific models beneath the line or the template that takes the hits. Yeah. So it's no randomizing like if if you're gonna shoot with a stone no no a, a ballista, then you have to randomize the hits. But using rock globbers or cannons to take out other war machines, it's just gonna hit whatever it hits. Same goes with the Warp Lightning Cannon. That's kind of what I used for as well. On the first turn, then I just pointed at anything and be happy. Yeah. So how do you guys use uh, your ballistas, both throwers? So far, I don't at all. Given that it's all I got, I either use the multiple shots to thin down units or fire with harder shots on uh, monsters or whatever gets in range that you used. Yeah have to whittle down so they don't charge into a unit with full yeah. set of wounds. And for my dwarves, I put a bunch of runes on them at first, and then I realized that they are not that great compared to stone throwers. So now I just keep them cheap and easy and just fire away at whatever unit they can see pretty much and just deal a little bit of damage everywhere. Yeah, the, the main thing that I did use them for in 7th edition was to deny the enemy rank bonuses. So I, I, I kept firing them at units which which would lose at least a couple of models so they didn't get a full full on rank bonus set when in combat. Yeah. Yeah they, they basically do as much damage as just like a range unit with crossbows or something. Yeah. 
they're good. They're good though because they don't have a misfire chart, so you can just keep firing. Yes, they're safe. Yeah. And if you play dwarves and play, you know, War of the Beard setting, it's one of the two you can take, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, I also like the when they describe uh, bolt throwers in the dwarf book that they say that all the war machines have misfire charts except for the bolt thrower. But you can't take an arm like only bolt throwers because only elves would do that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, some of the more specialized ones, they have their uses. They're specialized for reason and for theme. So, and for the let's say the chaos dwarves, they have a lot of different artillery pieces. Yeah, and they're all a bit specialized. Except for the, I mean, they yeah. have three, and two of them are specialized. Yeah, one of them is just a ballista, but uh, yeah. the the other ones that are based that just do like an area denial effect or shoots off in a random direction if you misfire it is great. They're just flavorful and interesting. Yeah, and special ones for the regular dwarves are really good as well. Really cool. Just close defense, which suits the dwarf very well. Yeah, then you get the layered, starting off with long range artillery and just getting. More, more artillery the closer the enemy gets. Yeah, yeah. I always and, used to have my organ gun, my old wars. So good. Yeah. And as we've said, they're all usually great models that can make great little interesting pieces on the battlefield, which is probably the most yeah. important thing, making the army look good. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna do an honorable mention on war machines here because Middenheimer on Instagram all his war machines are pretty much small dioramas. One of them even has a small table with maps and everything and little teacups on the table. It's a lot of life <laughs> yeah. in his war machines. So if you got Instagram, check him up. If you don't have Instagram, get one and check his stuff or just check on images on Instagram anyways. Yeah. Yeah, just just looking at his account would be a reason good enough to get an Instagram account. It's great. Yeah, I keep looking at his stuff and wishing I could do as good Middenheimers as he does. I don't think I'm gonna convert my things as much as he does. That's what you say now, and then you just get bored one evening and convert all of them. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. You know you want to. And with that, do we have anything else to mention other than get cool? artillery pieces and make them look great on the table yeah get cool core traces and paint them up for this month's painting challenge yeah get some. oh and at the end here we're gonna have a bit of a spoiler because some of the people might have to prepare for this one there will be a different different kind of thing in the may challenge so get prepared for and we're not going to make a pun. I was about to do it, but it wouldn't be good. It will be terrain in May. Awesome. Nice. So just make a bit of a change and just to make give you that little extra time to prepare, given the times, how they are. There will be terrain in May. Make something cool. Make something big. Make something small. Make more than one. Everyone will love it. But for April, do a core unit. And maybe a hero if you want to. So, what do you say? Should we call this step episode? Sounds good to me. Yeah. Great. And if anything, it didn't end with a bang.